The Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store, and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, I am Blake Meyer, joined by my man Ryan Gilbert. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's, it's that lazy lull between Christmas and New Year's where like kids have off, you have that holiday break, and your, your brain is just permanently in holiday break mode. But we're back here <laughs> for another episode of the Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, a few things happened recent in the over the past week, which is just kind of surprising. So uh, yeah, especially over Christmas. So we'll get into those, and then uh, I'm excited to see our winners and losers. It should be uh, an exciting episode here. Yeah, you teased it a little bit there. Uh, we are doing a fantasy winners and losers episode, but we're going to try and lean more towards some of the lesser talked about guys. But yeah, before we do that. We're not saying Aaron Judge staying at Yankee Stadium is a winner. Trey Turner in the Phillies lineup yeah. is a winner, obviously. <laughs> that would just make excellent con- like oh, yeah. excellent content. So- but speaking of guys that are more talked about, though, we got to touch on it again because it seems to be the story that never goes away. Uh, Carlos Correa I, I still hasn't really found a team. I laughed about the fact <sighs> that the Giants kind of – were concerned about his 2014 leg surgery. I thought that was just a fucking ridiculous cop out of an excuse to not pay that long contract. And wouldn't you know it, the Mets have the exact same concern. Yeah, it's everyone was like, oh, the Giants, Giants had a concern. The Mets signed, the Mets scooped him up, but now the Mets, yeah, have that exact same concern. Uh, is a report that Correa doesn't want to restructure anything. I'm not sure if that includes some sort of Injury clause, much sure if they can put a, a, a leg clause in there, but the Mets seem like they'll be able to get it done. Uh, if not, maybe the Twins swoop back in. Maybe he goes back. I guess probably can't go back to the Giants, but I, I think the Mets do end up getting this done with some sort of player team option, mutual option, or just some sort of incentive where, like, if he plays less than 100 or less than half the games, he doesn't make as much. I don't know if baseball teams do that often, but something like that I feel could be in the cards with this one. Yeah, I could see there being some kind of incentive in there. Like I know the uh, DeGrom deal has incentives like that. Like there's multipliers for uh, if he pitches X amount of innings per year, his contract like becomes worth this much and stuff like that. Same with the Julio Rodriguez deal. Uh, it looks like a smaller deal, but then there's multipliers in there. Like if he wins MVP, and does a couple other things I don't remember off the top of my head, all of a sudden it becomes like a $400 million deal, something ridiculous like that. So I can see him doing something like that with Correa just kind of as insurance for them. But not to talk about Correa again at length, because that seems to be a never-ending story. Um, one I want to talk about is Craig Kimbrell. How are you feeling right now? Uh, I, I'm feeling... I still don't know truly how to feel. I mean, it's a good signing. Baseball money is fake, and it was I think it was $10 million, which is pretty cheap for, for a reliever, especially someone like Kimbrell's his pedigree, I guess, because, you know, he was one of the best closers in the game for, you know, early in his career, probably 2011, 2014 there, but on the rookie of the year, 2011. But since 2019, I guess, going to Chicago after being in Atlanta, he was in San Diego for a season. That's so weird. And then, I uh, about that. and then Boston went to Chicago. Uh, didn't do too well there. Only pitched 35 innings between 2019-2020. Um, last season, though, with the Dodgers, 3.75 ERA, uh, 22 saves. So 
not not terrible. Gives the Phillies another back end option. Gives them someone else with uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez to compete for saves. Um, it's I didn't I didn't think the Phillies were even consider Kimbrell, but he has that uh, Dave Dombrowski connection there from the Red Sox. His his time there was successful, so hopefully he can he can find that here. And whether that's pushing Sir Anthony Dominguez, whether it's you know, them splitting it, having a good 8-9 combination. The Phillies needed a bullpen arm. That was the one thing we talked about our show before. Is like, what do we want our teams to do? This is what the Phillies needed. You know, now they kind of have that back end of the bullpen set up with Anthony Dominguez, Kimbrell, Matt Strom, Jose Alvarado, Andrew Bellotti. So not, not too terrible. Still want to add somebody else. But, yeah, I, I think I just talked myself into being pretty happy with this time. <laughs> Yeah, I think my favorite stat that I found on Kimbrell, I know we were talking a little before the show, uh, is that if you take the last four years for Kimbrell, against the NL East, he has pitched 24.2 innings, 36 strikeouts, a zero ERA, and a .89 whip over the last four years against the NL East. Like, that is absurd like especially he's one of those guys that everybody talks about is on kind of the downswing of their career because he's been around for a while but he's still he still has elite strikeout stuff i mean last year he had 72 k's in uh what was that 60 innings and then the year before in 2021 he had 100 strikeouts in 59 innings he's not necessarily the kimbrough that he used to be but i mean he's a year removed from a 15.08 K nine. He, I mean, he's still, he's still got it. And the Phillies really needed that reliever that kind of killed you guys in the world series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it, he's one of those guys that the initial thought always is like, Oh, they just kind of signed somebody that's a name to be in the bullpen. But then when you look a little deeper, like his stats actually aren't that bad, like three, seven, five ERA, not terrible. He's always been a guy that walks quite a bit. So, not really worried about his 4.2 walks for a nine because that's not much higher than his three six walks for nine for his career. So yeah, I think he's somebody that I know we're talking fantasy winners and losers. Uh, he wasn't on my list that the list that we kind of threw together before this, mm-hmm. but I got to put him in my fantasy winners. I think Philly's is a good place for him to go, and I think the Phillies are winners for that too. Yeah, I think one of my small concerns, and I could probably absolve this by looking deeper into it, but I, I don't know if he, I don't know if it, I mean, Chicago, I don't think was good in 2020, so that's whatever, but I don't know if he's good in a splitting role. I think he was the, like, name closer for parts of the year last year with the Dodgers, but I don't know if he's someone where, you know, if you give him, like, okay, you, you're going you're gonna to be closing, he's going to be good, or if, like, he he wants to close and is upset when he's not, or if he's just wants to know what it is. So I don't know enough about Kimbrell's uh, personality or anything yet, but I think, you know, it's a good signing. Always good to have another arm like that. That can have a strikeouts per nine that he career strikeout per nine is 14.4. So that's, that's a uh, pretty insane. Just another good, good arm out of the bullpen. Like we said here. Yeah. And fantasy wise, uh, he is one of those, relievers especially in like roto leagues he's one of those relievers he'll offer you some saves and the strikeout numbers are going to be high so he's probably a guy that you could get in one of the later rounds and he's going to contribute in a positive way to your team mm-hmm. yeah especially with uh leagues adding holds now too it, it always adds some intrigue to uh middle middle relievers instead of men i like that because it, we'll have to have a whole episode on holds <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of takes out there there is i mean i feel like we could probably talk about that on our next episode not to uh give you away or anything but we got somebody that might know a thing or two about some holds if you know what i'm saying but also one other uh big thing that has happened is this is supposed to be kind of more of like a, a free agent winners and losers thing but i feel like when dalton varsho gets traded you kind of got to talk about it uh he gets sent to the blue jays uh in return arizona's getting gabriel moreno and guriel jr I know you had told me that you have Varsho on your winners and losers list. Which side you got him on? Well, I I, I didn't. I, I have. He's a winner, I think, in my book. I, I don't have him on list because I did keep it to free agents. But yeah, you, you okay, asked me okay. if we're including trade people. I'm like, we can if we want. And then as soon as we hopped in this call, I was like, do you have a recent trade on your <laughs> list? And I was like, do, do you have Varsho? So I figured this is a good way to get started here. Um, but. I'm going to put this back on you because everything I, I saw about this was, 
you know, the Blue Jays get a good bat that they need, you know, a good left-handed bat in their lineup. So it's a he'll be in a better lineup. You should finally see the the potential of, of our show. But you said you have him on your loser list for, for one reason in particular. I'm not sure what it is, but I'd, I'd love to hear that first. My one big reason for why he would be on my loser list is only because this pretty much spells the end of Dalton Varsho's catcher eligibility. Because mm. he's not going to the Blue Jays to play catcher, the most stacked catcher roster in baseball. Besides maybe the Mets who have like four catchers on their 40-man roster. But yeah, he's, he's not going to go play above Kirk. He's not going to go play above Jensen. Like he, He's going there to play in the outfield. Which he's good at. He's an elite outfielder. He puts up excellent stats. 27 home runs last year. 16 stolen bases. He does kind of suffer from that lower average. He hit only 235 last year. But he still put up 4.6 war. Only hitting 235. Which is pretty wild. And yeah. You know I love a good barrel rate. He had a career (laughs) high in that last year. 10.2% barrel rate. Well above average. Almost double. But yeah. He's... He's on my loser list only because he was such kind of a coveted catcher to get in fantasy because he did kind of like Real Muto. He gives you a little bit of that pop plus the speed, which you don't really get from the catcher spot. And now that's essentially just going to be gone. Yeah, I I mean, I guess in long term and in keeper leagues and dynasties, that is a loser for him. But for for year to year for for his fantasy value, I think it. It only goes up. I, I, I was trying to remember another. There was a, another young catcher, not MJ, MJ, MJ Melendez, someone like probably five to seven, maybe even 10 years ago at this point um, that started as a catcher and then moved to outfield. I, I forget who it was. Oh. Um, I thought it was a Marlin, but like no one there is ringing a bell. So I'll table that. But yeah, I think Varsho <laughs> here is a this is a team that had really no left handed hitters. It's going to be Varsho and Kiermeyer who. That's some that's some great defense there in the outfield after getting rid of Tiasco Hernandez to replace him, who's a butcher in the field. And they got George Springer, too, in right field. I mean, that, that's a incredible outfield there. But yeah. most importantly, Varsho is left-handed hitter. All their other big hitters, Springer, Bichette, Vlad, Kirk, Chapman, Jensen even, if you want to include him, right-handed. Uh, what Merrifield do they who they got? I, well, I think could be a good, good bounce-back candidate there. Uh, I think so, too. The right-handed hitter, but... Varsho in his career um, against righties is hitting 233 against lefties 234. So not, not too big of a difference you would think. Slugging yeah. 465 versus righties versus 276 against lefties. So much more power against righties. Um, 37 home runs in 257 games, which is 60, 37 home runs in 677 at bats. Compared to four home runs against righties, compared to four home runs and 239 at bats against lefties. So there's a lot more power against right handed hitters. And, you know, they're not going to bring in a lefty to face him and then have to face someone like Chapman or someone, if he bats up in the order, someone like Vlad with a lefty against them. So should get some more favorable matchups there. Um, I have another player on my winner list that uh, falls into this category as well. But yeah, Varsho, even for myself, is a guy that I was surprised with how good he was last season, how good he potentially can be in a good lineup. Yeah, he was really good, slightly under the radar, just because he wasn't talked about quite as mm-hmm. often as a catcher that hits 27 home runs and 16 stolen bases should be. Uh, I think value-wise for next year, it's tough because I, I think losing catcher eligibility, it doesn't tank his value. I think it dings him a little bit, but I think getting traded to the Blue Jays is going to shoot him up the ADP charts a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd have to check the NFBC ADP numbers for the 2023 drafts, but yeah, I, he offers everything that the Blue Jays would need. That outfield is going to be absolutely elite, probably the best defensive outfield in baseball with the three of them out there. And he has a chance to put up legitimate counting stats. I mean, he played for Arizona last year, who sucked ass. So yeah. he's going to be able to actually hit with people on base which I think is something he's not really used to being able to do. And the runs should go up by a mile. The power numbers, even if he can just kind of keep the same power numbers, be a 25 home run, 15 steal guy. That's perfect. And yeah, I mean, last year with men in scoring position, he hit 293 in 99 at bats. Like pretty damn good. And the fact that he's going to be hitting continuously 
essentially with people on base in front of him. Yeah, it's so hard to put him in the loser list when it's only because the catcher eligibility <laughs> thing. Because I could talk about how he's a winner as well, but I just think that is a major a major ding. Yeah, no, I understand that, but he'll still have it this year in in most formats, I would think. So w- one last uh, hurrah here for for the catcher, our show. Got some uh, <laughs> relative, relative. I mean, it's breaking news. It's not huge news, but Nathan Eovaldi has signed with a team. Do you have any guesses? Nathan Eovaldi has signed with. Off the top of my head, I'm just going to throw out a name: the Miami Marlins, Texas Rangers. Oh, so maybe he. I mean, he. He's probably what they're they're four or five. I would imagine here. Let me look up. Uh, he's, he's got a Rangers pitching. They got Degrom, Perez, Gray, Heaney, and Odorizzi. So yeah, that's going to be a potentially a, a, a good good rotation there. Depending how how the vet, they're all all over thirty years old. All over thirty one. So very uh, win now moves for Texas after signing Semyon and, and Seager last year. Look at you breaking actual news on the podcast this yeah. time. All right. <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> no it wasn't, arson judge news. It wasn't arson judge this time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some uh, activity there in the offseason. And speaking of being active, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. They have reduced juice on sides and totals for all bowl games on the day of the game. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgovernpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgovernpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Most of 200 or older and present in the state where playthrough money is available. If you are something else again, problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest. From now until the end of the year, just go to sportsgallonpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgallonpodcast.com slash helmet. All right, man, I am excited. This sounds, it's going to sound weird. I'm excited to get this episode done but only because a little inside baseball I had the best girlfriend in the world. She got me like, I got it for Christmas. I got a new laptop and I got this new cool uh, noise canceling setup for my mic. And so this is going to be the first time kind of using all my new equipment. So I'm kind of excited just to see how it comes out. Cause obviously I can't hear myself, so I don't know what it sounds like. You sound great. You sound great, buddy. You know what? You sound great too, bud. By getting to our list, I want to know, Okay, how many names are on your winners list? Too many. I, I just kept writing. <laughs> I just kept writing names until I until I was like, okay, that's way too many. Um, I was gonna pick a random number. Who's the? I have seven seven winners, four losers, uh, someone in the middle of the question mark. Oh, I was gonna start man. off. With, I was gonna start off with my uh, surprising one for you. Yeah, hit me with he, that one. He's another uh, VAR show type, and that he's gonna be a, a left-handed bat in a, a right-handed dominant lineup in his career. He is hitting uh, 286 with an 808 OPS against righties in over 2,000 at-bats. In 736 at-bats against lefties, he's only hitting 260 with a 709 OPS. Uh, he's projected to hit second in in this uh, team's lineup. Uh, hitters behind him are, are right-handed, so he should be getting, if they go lefty-lefty against him, he doesn't have the power to kill you, and the batters behind him will. So he should be able to get that average up and get some uh, get some runs, maybe get some of his speed back if he if he ever had speed. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think this guy's a uh, could be a, a sneaky pickup for for some late rounds. Is it? Uh, it's a free agent, right? Free agent. Is it Drury? It's not Drury. Drury is my question mark. Drury is also right-handed. You know what? You make a valid point. Oh man, a lefty. Think about being underwhelmed. <laughs> think about, so think about being a Mariners fan. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Some of his speed back. That's what threw me off. Um, he 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 stole twenty bases twice in his career. Only had eight this past season. 
He's a guy. He's a guy we were talking about. It was like, if your team gets him, you're like, okay, our team got this guy. That that should be. That's the biggest clue. And now I gotta think back to all the episodes that we did. Uh, it's gotta be. I'm thinking right now. This is uh, how underwhelming he is. I, I guess. yeah, so underwhelming. I can't even fucking remember him. <laughs> uh, um, was, the, was the rookie of the year runner-up to Aaron Judge? Rookie of the year runner-up to Aaron Judge. This is terrible also, podcasting on also, my part. He has also played for the Yankees most recently. I'm so bad at being on the spot. Uh, it's got to be like Andrew Benintendi. It, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. Andrew Benintendi is uh, one of my winners, which, which shocked me. You know, I looked at where he's going to be hitting, uh, projected by Fangraphs, their projected lineup. That's what usually my go-to here for the offseason. Just be hitting second behind Tim Anderson ahead of Luis Robert Jr., Eloy Jimenez, Yo Mancada, Andrew Vaughn. So I, I know they lost to Breu, who I'm pretty sure kills lefties, but those are some pretty good right-handed hitters behind him. Uh, and also those those split stats against lefties compared to righties. I think he'll be a guy that, like, he's a guy that is like a A.J. Pollock or a, um, there's another veteran I can't think of right now that just seems to, veteran outfielder, just seems to fall and fall down the draft board. I think Ben is a good guy that could get back to that. Mm, I'm not sure if he's going to get to the home runs, but he'll get back to a decent amount of runs. Maybe maybe get double digits on bases. Should hit 300 again like he did this year. So I think he's going to be a, a good like third outfielder for someone to pick up. Maybe a fourth outfield util guy to, to play in the right matchups. Have I talked you into the Andrew Benintandi bandwagon? You have a little bit only because I like the fact that he's hit 319 against the AL Central in his career in 200 career games. I think I was kind of off the bandwagon when he first moved. Like you said, oh, we were so, very, yeah, like, I was too. We, we, we were crushing him. Yeah. Like I thought it was not a good move. I still, I think it's not a good move only for like, I think he was hyped. He was such a hyped up free agent that a lot of yeah fans are going to have really high expectations. And then he's going to come out and just be like his good hitter that doesn't put up necessarily a ton of counting stats. And it's going to leave people very whelmed. But I mean, 200 career games against the AL Central. He's hit 319 with 26 home runs and 19 stolen bases. It's pretty damn good. 392 on base percentage, 898 OPS, which is by far the best of any division in baseball. Yeah, I I can see him being on the winners. And he's also a guy, he's going to be kind of like a middle round pick that in like on-base percentage leagues and things like that, he's going to offer you a lot of sneaky value. But yeah, he's, I can't believe I couldn't fucking think of who he was when you're giving me hints. I'm so disappointed. No, no, I mean, I, I put you on the spot so much. I I feel bad almost because I could definitely not do that before, uh <laughs> Me for that, but looking at um, Benintendi is ranked by Fantasy Pros. Their composite is uh, 225. Outfielders around him are JD Martinez, John Birdie, Jack Peterson, uh, Gavin Lux's outfield eligibility, Lars Newtbar, one of our favorite friends of the podcast, uh, Lurie's Guriel Jr., who went to Arizona, and then the uh, NFC ADP for baseball is uh, 231. Okay, so. I, you know what? I like him at 231, like yeah, a lot. I feel like that's, that's, I like yeah. that. He's not going to be a, be a guy that like wins you your league, but he's going to be a guy that you can draft in the late teens and be end up being a, a ten, tenth round talent. Like he'll, he'll contribute all year. He can be a guy that you should hopefully be able to rely on. Yeah, I just hope White Sox fans give him a little bit of a chance because they're very, they're a very offensively dominant team or at least you would think so when you look at that lineup uh, who, who what who knows what's happened to the white Sox? They i don't were like even one of the up-and-coming great teams a few years ago now abreu's gone and their, their prospects have all been hurt they have dylan Zeese pitching but behind but beyond that it's really a mismatch so white Sox are a interesting interesting case there they're a very interesting case which leads me to my first winner because he's your Question mark. 
Okay. Brandon Drury. I don't know why I have him as a winner. I just, which is a horrible way to start that. I like the idea of him playing for the Angels in that lineup. He's going to bat towards the top of the lineup. I don't know if you have the Fangrass projected uh, uh, Angels lineup. They have him hitting sixth, actually. Sixth? Well, they That's have Ward. They have Ward, Trout, Otani, Rendon, Renfro, Drury. Okay, I could see that. I figured maybe he might take Ward's spot and move Ward down a little bit. But sixth still makes sense. He's going to hit behind a lot of talented guys, so he's got a chance to bump up those RBIs and things like that. He had 87 last year, which is pretty good. Uh, hit 263 overall. I know he kind of uh, he did okay after he got traded. But yeah. I, I think him hitting in that lineup – which, I mean, see, I'm talking my, I'm talking myself into right, being so, a question uh, mark uh, like you were. Yeah, that's why it's a question mark because, like, yeah, that lineup is nice, but you look at, I didn't even see who was hitting sixth before. I'm just looking at him now. Um, can you look up his home runs in Angel Stadium? Because I'm, I'm starting to wonder if this is just a, a Cincinnati bump where he got 20 home runs in 92 games. He hadn't hit more than 16 in a season since his uh, first full year. Maybe that was just you know, not having the pressure of, of playing on the Reds, having that, that ballpark. Maybe that, maybe that was helpful. Um, I know for the StatCast park factors I have up now, the Reds are at the top, 150 home runs. I think uh, 100 yeah. is average. And then, I mean, Angels is fourth, 121. So maybe that'll be uh, an, uh, an okay spot for him. Uh, another uh, low-profile spot to get there. Uh, it for says right- he would have hit 23. Overall? Yeah, at Angel Stadium. Okay, so he hit 28 overall, so a little bit down. But looking at right side batting, Reds, uh, Great American Ballpark by far, 145, the top team. And then Angels is actually – how am I missing the Angels here? Angels is um, <laughs> right there at 7. Angel, the, the, A, the, the A is not very prominent here on the Baseball Savant page, like the red – C for the Reds or the Red P for the Phillies. The Angels is like very dark there, very dark and small. But yes, I was missing it on Statcast too. <laughs> but yeah, Drury, he's you know this is a prove if last year was for real. I also could very very well see him being another uh, being moved at the trade deadline again because I don't think the Angels are going to be good. I think so too. I think this is kind of the Angels' last hurrah, just to see if they can put something together to get Otani to stay. And I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to work. And I think that just gets blown up. Right, but another, yeah, another guy we have uh, both on our list. I could see you having him as a loser. So let me ask you about him, Cody Bellinger. I have Bellinger as a winner. Okay, because I, I I do as well. I, I think I, go you, go ahead. What, what do you think about Bellinger? Oh, I I, I have him as a winner just. Mainly because I think he's a guy that needed a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He hit 41 home runs. He's got all the accolades. And then he just couldn't get it together for however many years now. Three years, four years, three years. He couldn't get it together. And, mm-hmm. I mean, in L.A., that's a it's a big baseball town. They kill it out there. So it's hard to be somebody that was the guy and now you're not the guy anymore and everybody likes to remind you that you're no longer the guy anymore. So I think him moving just that alone should give him a bump. It gives him a chance to kind of reset the brain a little bit, get the mentals right. And he still has like, he doesn't have a bad swing, like 8.3% barrel rate, which is above league average, uh, 89 mile an hour average exit Velo, which is Mm -hmm. nice. 38% hard hit rate above league average. Like he he's not bad. Like he makes good quality contact. It's just a matter of I think he had the yips the last couple of years. And maybe this is a way for him to kind of get out of that. Yeah, I mean, looking at it now, like Ballinger, he was 21 when he hit 39 home runs, one rookie of the year. He was 23 when he hit 47 home runs and one MVP. And, you know, he's had a few rough years, but he's still 27 years old, not 28 until July. And like players, some players come into the league at this age. So getting that change of scenery, getting out of L.A., getting to the Cubs where, you know, it's a it's a great historic team, great ballpark, but they're not quite winning yet. So he can just be a guy have fans go watch hit home runs 
and he can get back up to, to his 25, 30 home runs. And, you know, maybe he's a, he's a trade piece. Maybe he's a guy that falls in love with Chicago and, and can lead them, lead the next rebuild. I mean, I think Bellinger is a very low risk, high reward uh, player for whoever signed him, And he gets a great start in Chicago. Yeah. And he was also shifted 90 plus percent of the time the last yes, three that, years. That, that that that's so, huge as well. Uh, that we're gonna probably we're gonna need a whole episode on on like players with this shift because yeah he he's one of them. But I agree. Sticking in Chicago here, uh, I have Dansby Swanson as a loser. Um, I know we talked about him a bit a few episodes ago about you know where is he gonna go after Correa signs, and I've never been huge on Swanson. I, I feel like he's a solid player. He he definitely benefited from such a lineup in Atlanta, but. You know, he'll still get 20 home runs, maybe hit 260, but he's not going to be 25 home runs, 277 like he was this year. But I think he'll have a solid year, but he's going to be disappointing. But in that same breath, I'm thinking, is everyone going to think that? And is is his ADP going to be so low that you can you can scoop him up? It, it, it I almost, was just it looking gets at to that, that point. His ADP is 78 right now okay, in no, NFBC no, no, thank drafts. You. No, thank you. That's my initial thought, too. I was thinking maybe if he's 100-plus somehow, even mm-hmm. though I, I knew in my mind that he wouldn't be. Maybe if he was 100-plus, he's somebody that I might scoop up. But He could fall in some leagues, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that in his career – of course my computer freezes. There we go. He's a guy that in his career, especially last year, he hit 304 at home and he only hit 251 away. And I know the Braves are a much more hitter-friendly ballpark than Chicago is. And so I just – I don't see how this is a net win for him, especially in fantasy baseball. Like, they're a weaker lineup that he's going to hit in. I mean, they they made some decent moves this offseason, so they're not, they're not inherently terrible, but they're not the Braves lineup. So he's going to probably hit with less people on base. He's going to score fewer runs. He hits for a lower average. Uh, the counting stats in pretty much every area are going to dip this next year. And he kind of fell off a cliff in the second half last year. He hit 294 in the first half, only 254 mm-hmm. in the second half with a lot less power. So, yeah, I just I don't see how this could be a win. And I think I there, I can't take him within the first 100 picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great story. Him going to Chicago is uh, now wife plays there for the Chicago Red Stars. His ground, his his grandfather was was a big Cubs fan because of WGN and stuff, so it was it was nice to see him go there. But yeah, for for fantasy purposes, uh, not great for for Anthony Swanson. <laughs> um, not at all. Sticking with the loser here, I have you said you have a lot of pitchers. Do you have a uh, Carlos Rodon on your list? I don't. You don't? Uh, well, I I think I, I think he's one of my my few losers here. I think he'll still he'll be a decent pitcher, but. He's not going to have ERA under three like he had the past two years, and might not get quite back up to four. But it'll be over, I think three and a half around there. I think going to Yankee Stadium, especially a competitive division like the AL East, after being in the small confines of Oracle Park and uh, San Fran, could be a uh, could have him revert back to his days with the White Sox or earlier days with the ERA closer to four. Um, not pitching over 180 innings like he hasn't done, but and it just comes down to if he can keep those strikeups up, like strikeouts up, like he had the past two years. But I, I think you know going into Yankee Stadium, all that pressure of being the Yankees' big signing, I, I think he he won't live up to it. Yeah, his ADP right now uh, is looks like 54, 53, 54, right around there. Uh, yeah, he's he's not a a first five or six round guy for me. He he just and come on, brain, you can do it. Only because he still hasn't really proven enough to me to believe that he can do something like that in that division. Like mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium is not the most pitcher friendly park in the entire world. They have little league fences everywhere. <laughs> he is a guy that has been susceptible to giving up the home run in his career. And even though the strikeouts are cool, it's that only gets you so far. Like it, it could be good in like a, a roto league, which is cool. Points league strikeouts are nice, but the amount of 
home runs and stuff that he's going to end up giving up at home might be counterproductive to all that. Yeah, and then he goes to Fenway Park, gives up a few pop-ups left field for home runs. It blows up his area a little bit. You know, but oh, uh, he, he could you know, keep it up and it could be a great signing for the Yankees. But I, I think, you know, signing back in San Fran or signing with a better, either better stadium or, or worse division would have been better for him. Um, yeah, who, who do you got? Who do you want to throw out here? Uh, how about let's go with uh, David Robertson going to the Mets. Losers. Uh, I got him as a loser. I mean, I mean, yeah, he, he's he's a Met. He's he's definitely a loser. But <laughs> yeah, going from he could have signed probably with some with some bad team and and, and closed and been named the closer or like and promised like okay, as long as you don't fuck up in spring training or the closer. But you know, he good 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 for him where he's going to follow to try to. Uh, he's going to attempt and fail to win a ring. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll go there and be the seventh, eighth inning guy. They have Edwin Diaz. Also, though, it's possible they did like to use Diaz in the highest leverage possibility. And Robertson does have closing experience, so I could see that being as a as a good handcuff or a vulture option for anyone that uh, pays up or drafts up for, for Edwin Diaz. Yeah, and I mean, Robertson, we were talking about holds earlier. Robertson could be mm-hmm. in line for a decent amount of holds this year. So if you play in a league that kind of rewards holds, that'll be nice. My biggest reason for being on the loser list is he just – he's not a closer anymore. He went to a team that he's definitely not taking Edwin Diaz's job overall. So he just went from a 20-save guy in 2022. Decent strikeout stuff, Eleven, pretty much 11.5 Ks per nine, which is nice. 2-4 ERA. But yeah, the, the, he – He's not going to get double-digit saves this year, I don't think. But his his holds will be way up. So he's a guy that's still going to be somewhat productive. Just losing all those save opportunities is a big negative. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because if he was, like, the closer on, I mean, the go-to team, unfortunately, is the Royals. Like, the Royals, if you're the closer, you're going to get 20 saves, maybe trade at the deadline, and you'll have value there in the late rounds. But as a setup man, it's 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 weirder, especially without holds in your league um sticking with a, a losing pitcher here it's it's not anyone big names whatsoever uh adp on nfcb is 223 uh texas rangers signed andrew heaney who has had one good year in his entire career with the dodgers last year i guess he was good with the angels early on but i think Heaney's a guy that you know maybe this this Evaldi signing knocks him down a peg, and he he you know less has less pressure on him. But I, I just think he and he could have been a guy that either continued to work with the Dodgers pitching coach, they appeared to find something there, or just could have signed with, I guess, a better ballpark or, or a division that doesn't have the Astros and Mariners in it. But uh, I think he's a slight loser. It's just it's just missed opportunity for him. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy that you say that because he's actually the very first name that I put down on my my losers list. Oh. I I don't see how anybody could see this as a win. I know there's people that do see this as a win. They saw what he did last year. They think he's reformed, but they don't take into account that the Dodgers pitching staff or pitching coaches, whatever, they, they seem to work miracles on people. We talked about mm-hmm. Noah Syndergaard signing with them couple episodes ago i think he's gonna play lights out andrew haney is an is a prime example of why like it just mm-hmm. there's nothing that points to any of andrew haney's seasons in his career that should make you think you know what going to a very hitter friendly ballpark will do this guy good in his career there's absolutely nothing like he's he he was eight and nine with a 5.83 ERA in 2021. Uh, That's the real Andrew Haney. Mm -hmm. It is not Dodgers' Andrew Haney. Uh, He's a streamer at best. Against the most prime matchups, even against an average matchup, I think he gets shelled. Yeah, we spent enough time there on Andrew Haney. Um, (laughs) My only other loser here, who I could be talked into seeing as a winner, depending on... The argument is uh, Mitch Hanniger. I think he you know, went to San Francisco, uh, former Mariner, obviously. 
Fangraphs has him hitting third between Yastrzemski and, and Jack Peterson, who I'm sure we'll also talk about. Uh, but I think Hanniger here is a loser. I think, you know, that's where right-handed hitters go to die. San Fran, they, not much power there, but could still get doubles, could still be a, a, a good uh, late-round pick. But his ADP is 170, which seems a, a, bit, a bit too high for him right now. Especially since he can't really stay healthy, which is been one of his biggest issues he played 157 games in 2021 and in 2018 other than that he hasn't been healthy for even pretty much half a season in his career like he's just as much as you want him to be good i will always want mitch hanniger to be good i yeah i this isn't a win for him he's in a much harder ballpark to hit at even though like the stat cast ballpark factors i believe had the mariners as the most pitcher friendly park mm. yeah t-mobile park most pitcher friendly park and he was still hitting dingers but he he didn't upgrade very much going to uh he didn't upgrade very much going to the giants i mean they're they're 13th so they're somewhat hitter friendly but overall they're just average and yeah being a right-handed hitter even though that that swing is so sweet and I think he's going to hit some fucking tanks that are going to make Giants fans fall in love with him. He's going to have to be one of those guys that you take even later than his ADP and just hope that he outperforms that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah Hanniger is going to be you know, a guy that you, you might be another outfielder that, that drops later than he, than he should be. And you can pick him up and, and hope he continues a, a solid career there in San Fran. But sticking in San Fran, someone who's Definitely, definitely under the radar. ADP of 320. Sean Manaya <laughs> going to San Fran. You know, he's familiar there with the NLS after spending a year in San Diego. Not doing too, too well, but, you know, he pitched well for Oakland. I think, I think you know, that, that Oracle ballpark with, with the right-handed hitters, I think, you know, it, it's drawn me in here. He's a guy I just wanted to mention. He's one of my lesser winners here, obviously, but I think... You know, it's definitely better than going to, to Texas or someone with a, a bigger ballpark or a smaller ballpark or or, uh, or, or a tough division. I, I think you know the Dodgers and Padres are still kind of tough, but Manaya, I think at home should be at least a streaming option, if not someone you can pick up and hold on to. He's actually on my losers list. Ooh, just because I I haven't seen anything out of Sean Manaya in a couple years that gets me excited, and I don't think he goes to any more of a beneficial park now than he did before. I mean, his changeup last year was worth, uh, it was the second most thrown pitch. It had a plus 11 run value, which is absolutely horrific. His active spin rates the last two years are way down. So he's getting the spin on the ball. It's just literally doing nothing. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> People are swinging at a lot of his pitches. They're making contact. He's only getting a 27% chase rate. So even when he throws shit outside, nobody's swinging at it. And uh, where's his velocity at right here? Let's see. His velo's down too. His sinker's down a whole mile per hour. His slider's down a whole mile per hour. Curveball's down an entire mile per hour. And they're just not breaking. His sinker breaks 11% less than average. His slider breaks 59% less than the average slider. So he's essentially just up there throwing meatballs. And uh, throwing meatballs, and even in a, a pitcher-friendly part, I I don't think it's going to fare very well for him. I think he's a guy that had his chance to be good, and he's now just fallen into that permanent I almost said sleeper. That would have been the wrong word. Permanent streamer option for me. And same thing as before. It's just in the most beneficial of matchups because he doesn't offer a whole lot to me in terms of upside for him to take up a spot in my in my roster. All right, I have uh, no rebuttal for that. So we're, we'll uh, <laughs> move on here. We made, made some excellent points there and uh, I crossed them off by uh, winner's list. I, I think... <laughs> Oh, maybe the ballpark will help out, but yeah, it, those uh, those advanced stats there with the, with the with the spin rate and velocity and shit. Yeah, I I have no comeback for that. So yeah, that's a good good discussion there on Shamanaya and why to fade him. Um, and that, 
Do you have anybody else on your list? I mean, I think you said you had like seven winners. I, I, have, a f- I have a few more winners we can run through here real quick. Is your list done? My list is done. You named my last All right. couple. All right. Uh, Brendan Nimmo, I have a winner just as staying with the Mets. I think the Mets got better, especially if, if they end up getting Correa. He'll be Love it. leading off, getting more runs, getting – I'll be running the first base on walks like a nerd. <laughs> Alonzo hitting behind him with Lindor. Neil, of course. Uh, all right. Uh, we also talked on these guys. Jose Abreu, Josh Bell, I think are both great winners there. Uh, big first baseman heading to good lineups in Houston and Cleveland with Abreu and Bell. And then Jock Peterson was my last guy because I, I threw him out there to you in our message before, but I think, you know, he's more of a guy that is, he's staying with the giants on, I think he accepted his qualifying offer, but he's staying there. He just benefits from um, the shift. He's going to be amazing w- without the shift and not amazing, but it'll be much better. Hopefully build on his uh, first season in San Fran. Yeah. He was a guy that was very rosterable last year in leagues too. He got that average up to 274, which is a career high. 18 home runs, 61 RBIs. We only played 137 games, so he's more than likely a – oh, man, I'm looking at the wrong year. Here we go. 23 home runs and 70 RBIs in 134 games at 18 the year prior. Yeah, he's got that walk rate hovering right around 10%, K rate down to 23. He's somebody that I – he's going to be on my sleepers list for next season just because mm-hmm. I think he gets overlooked – quite significantly by people but he had a 284 average at home last year to go with where is it at uh, a 158 wrc plus at home and a 909 ops i knew i could get there mm. yeah I mean, yeah he, he he kills it he's very under the radar guy. Get him a full season to ABs. Get him no shift, and I think he's going to absolutely rake next year. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And then um, I want to bring up. Oh, who would you, would you rather have? Jock. Pe- I mean, you're going to have choose Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson <laughs> or Andrew Benintendi. Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson or Michael. No. I got to go higher than Benintendi. Well, I'm going the other way. Uh, Lars <laughs> Newbar. That's how low we think of him. Oh, man. Ooh, Cody Bellinger. Oh, that's a good one. That, that is a good one there. Ooh, give me Cody. Yeah, Cody, Cody's higher on Fantasy Pros. Uh, let me check. Cody Bellinger, ADP is 185. Jock Peterson's 239. Seems a little oh, low. That is low. very low. We got Randall Grichuk down there, 246. Sleeper uh, alert on Jock Peterson. We need like a, a sound or like a drop for that sleeper alert <laughs> sleeper alert jock peterson 100 <laughs> love it but i think peterson's another one of those there's gonna be plenty of those just outfielders to, to grab late in drafts there always are outfield is always always a, a position where you're like you know what i want to get two good outfielders early and then you know i'm, I'm just to have them as my horses and then you know i'll, I'll add a few late and then like Round twelve comes along and someone that should have been drafted around seven is still there in outfield. You're like, okay, I'll I'll take him and fill up my outfield. But it's it's, yeah. it's frustrating. It is, but damn, the more I'm looking at Jock's uh, stuff Ooh. right here, fifteen percent barrel rate, ninety three percent average exit velo, five oh two expected slugging. It's all red. It's all red for yeah. adding. It's just his speed and defense that are, that are blue and K rate. <laughs> K rate with like Chase poor man, there. Poor man's JD Martinez. Left handed JD Martinez. JD Martinez, I'm surprised we didn't touch on here. He signed with the Dodgers. I, oh, I'm surprised as well. I was really big on him in the Discord. SG.pn slash Discord if anybody wants to come hang out. We got a very large amount of people in there talking about every sport you could ever imagine. Yeah. JD Martinez, 228 ADP. But I think that's. Did he even play outfield at all last year or will he just be util everywhere? I have a feeling he's going to end up just being I think I'll util just be everywhere. Util, right? But he's good enough to just hold that util spot. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's like Easily. he's he's like a uh, uh, a peak Nelson Cruz. When we're like Nelson Cruz, you you draft oh. him for util and keep him there. 
Yeah. So he can hopefully be, be a guy like that, but hopefully not because fuck the Dodgers also. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the Dodgers, but with that lineup, he might have 120 RBIs next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's all I got for my list. You got anybody else hidden in there? That is, uh, that's all I got there. That was, uh, I had the jury, jury question mark at bar show. No, that, that's, uh, that's all for me. But on that, I think, uh, I think it might be time to wrap it up. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at SGPN Fan Baseball. I almost plugged the Spotify. You can also go check us out on Spotify if that's not where you're listening at SG.PN slash Fantasy Baseball S. Or Apple Podcasts, sg.pn slash fantasy baseball. Check us out in the Discord, which I plugged. We're all over the place. We always appreciate the views, the listens, the interactions. Uh, I mean, if you're feeling nice in the Christmas spirit and you want to leave us a five star rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be greatly appreciated as well. It helps us grow this podcast the way we are trying to grow it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Balake, B U H H L O C K A Y E. Yeah, you know, it, it's the dead of the offseason here, but we're trying to give you guys some uh, good, good content here, good fantasy baseball content, good baseball talk. So if you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating review, like, like Blake said, wherever this your podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, topics you would like to hear about on the podcast, reach out to us on Twitter at SGPN Fan Baseball. Uh, yeah, it's been a, been a fun offseason so far. I hope, I hope we can keep it going. Uh, I'm Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at RGilbertSOP. We will catch you guys next time. Peace.